spiritually impacted bow that stops all movement, creates pain beyond measure for the one who will not forgive. And if left untreated, it will cause spiritual death. This is my language to describe what is going on in the passage today. I can tell you this, that I've seen unforgiveness rob more people of life than addictions or anything else. And I think this is because unforgiveness seems to be culturally acceptable, even within the church. How many times have you heard your, your friends, even if you go to church with, say this, you don't understand that person did this. Therefore, they don't deserve anything. I hear variants of this all the time. But here is the reality. Our best logic of what is right, what is wrong, what deserves forgiveness, what doesn't deserve forgiveness, is not greater than the way that God sees the world and the way he sees people. And Jesus taught us about this way, about God's way, in the parables. I want to look at one today from Matthew 18, starting at verse 21. Through 35. It says this, Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? Jesus said, Not even seven times, rather as many as 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold, along with his wife and children and everything he had, and that the proceeds should be used as a payment. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and said, Please be patient with me. I'll pay you back. The master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave the loan. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 coins. He grabbed him around the throat and said, pay me back what you owe me. Then the fellow servant fell down and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. But he refused and said he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. When his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told the master or the king all that had happened. His master called the first servant and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you have also had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? His master was furious and handed him over to the guard, him over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners until he had paid the whole debt. My heavenly father will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister 
from your heart. So there's a few things I want us to look at this morning. The first is this, is that Jesus flips the question of how many times should I forgive my brother or sister? You'll see in a lot of these parables that all the parables start with this question from someone. And sometimes they are religious leaders who are out to, to get Jesus. Sometimes they are from his own disciples. This one comes from Peter. How many times should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Jesus' short answer was, it is unlimited. During this day and time, the typical way of seeing this for a typical Jewish teacher or rabbi was to say that you um, should forgive three intentional acts or sins that people do against you. There was a limit, three strikes and you're out type of thing. Peter is saying, should we go up to seven? And Jesus is saying, you should go 77 times. You should, there's no counting here is what Jesus was saying. And then he goes on to tell this story. And the depth of forgiveness the master offers his servant is crazy. This would have been, um, the translation I read to you said, um, 10,000 bags of gold. Um, what we normally call this, this bag of gold can also be translated a talent. And so 10,000 talents. And this 10,000 number was the largest number that could be recorded um, in the Greek language. So it's the way of saying the largest number you can imagine, that is it. 10,000 talents was actually more gold and more money that was in total circulation in the area at the time. So Jesus is telling this um, story in an exaggerated way for us to see not only the depth of his forgiveness for us, but also to see how um, we also are to offer forgiveness to others. So one talent, this will be important to understand the, the story to its fullest extent, one talent is equal to 6,000 denaria. A denaria was worth about one day's labor. All right, so one talent equals 6,000 denaria. So what this first guy owed, what this first guy owed was, um, was 60,000. Um, 60,000. I'm going to give a math room here. Hold on here. 6,000 times 10,000 is actually 600,000. 600,000 denarii. All right? So what's going on here is this servant of the king was probably uh, not a, a servant or a slave, but was kind of a, a mid-level manager of sorts. And sometimes there was a common practice of Selling um, the debt taxes that was owed to the servant or owed to the king, and they would say to the, the servant, Hey, you can go collect all the taxes from this area, and I'll go ahead and give you X amount of dollars to do that. And you go and make sure you collect all the taxes. Once you get extra, you keep. This is why tax collectors were hated so bad. So, this story comes from a business venture gone bad and this amount that he owed was a horrible amount of money but the master was gracious the king 
was gracious in forgiving the debt that was owed. He was gracious in forgiving this. So these 10,000 bags of gold or these 10,000 talents that this guy owed, given a whole lifetime, he could not pay this back. He was in a hole that he would never dig himself out of. The servant asked for more time. He falls on his knees begging for more time. And instead of getting more time to pay back the money, which he could have never done in this lifetime, the master instead offers forgiveness. He forgave the debt, made everything zero. This guy no longer owed any money. The debt's forgiven. This guy is set free. He's out from underneath of this insurmountable weight that every morning and every night when he went to bed, he had to be thinking about how he was going to pay this back. Remember, Jesus tells this story when asked, how many times should you should I forgive my brother or sister when they sin against me? This first part of the story shows us that God's grace, God's forgiveness towards us is more extravagant and great than we could ever, ever imagine. But the second part of the story reveals another reality that we need to hear this morning. Grace we receive from God is great. And, and if we don't pass it on, then we will miss out on that grace. Another way of saying this is, is if we get grace, then we give it away. And if you don't give grace to others, then you don't get to keep it. Let me say that again. If you get grace and you really understand it, then you automatically offer it to others. But if you don't give it, it's a sign that you might never understood the grace that you received in the first place. And in this story, you also don't get to keep it. Do you see what the man does? The, the wicked servant in the end of the story becomes the wicked servant. After being forgiven this, 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 uh, this amount that he was never going to pay back, he seeks out the person that owes him 10,000 denarii. All right? 10,000. Excuse me, 1,000. 1,000 coins, the way the text I read says. 1,000 coins versus 10,000 bags of gold. Now, I, it's very unclear what this translates into today's money. You can find a lot of things out there. I just want to translate it into some numbers that we can understand. So I'm going to go with pennies and dollars. All right. So every coin, the 10,000 that he owed, the second servant, um, imagine that being pennies. And that would be $10 that this guy owed. All right. $10. The guy, the first servant that's coming after the second one, he was forgiven $600,000. Just was forgiven $600,000, and he's going after the guy that owes him ten. And not only does he go after him, but when the guy falls on his knees, just like the first guy, he falls on his knees, asks for more time. Instead, he throws his, his, himself 
and his family into jail to pay off the debt. You see, the second this wicked servant was given extreme grace, but he offered only judgment to those underneath him and those around him. This is where the story takes a very crazy turn, and we need to hear this. The master, when he hears about this, when the king hears about this, he cannot tolerate it. So, again, the king in the stories are almost exclusively in the parables, God. And so when God hears about this, when the king hears about this, even though he could forgive the huge amount of debt that this, this man owed, he could not tolerate or forgive unforgiveness. He was not willing to let this guy pass. So much so that he goes and he finds him and he throws him in jail until his debt is paid. You see, if you get grace, then you give it. If you don't give it, then you don't get to keep grace. This is a wake-up call to all of us. A couple questions that come up naturally from this. The first is this. Does this mean that if I do not forgive others, then I lose my salvation? So this is a huge theological question, and I'm getting ready to uh, completely dodge it because there's not enough time to fully talk about this today. I'm going to simply say this. Within this passage, and also another passage in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, it says this, If you forgive others their sins, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your sins. So there's some testimony within Scripture itself that if we live with an unforgiving heart and we are unwilling to forgive others, then God withholds forgiveness from us. Naturally, if you play that out a couple steps, that also means that, like, how do I get forgiven my sins? If I don't get forgiven my sins, can I go all of that, right? Listen, I don't... Um, want to fully get into if that means you lose your salvation. But I will say this. I wouldn't run the risk. I wouldn't take the chance. I wouldn't try to push God to his limits and say, but you don't understand. You don't understand what this person did to me. I think it's okay that I don't forgive them. I wouldn't take the chance. And we can wrestle with that idea theologically over and over again. But what I can say for sure is this. Even if we don't lose our salvation, to live in a state of not forgiving others means that we lose our life and our freedom that was offered to us. To live a life of unforgiveness means that you carry with you Things that bring you down. Please hear that. It's not the other that is brought down, but it is you. So this morning, I was reviewing this sermon. And sometimes there's this weird disconnect when you're, when you're writing sermons, because I kind of get in this mode of, this is truth, and I need to say this truth. And then there's moments where um, 
I hear the truth that happened as I was writing the sermon. So this morning, um, a dot got connected for me. Um, there was a situation, I, I don't know when it happened because time seems so weird now, but my wife and I were talking about this, this person. I don't even know this person really well, but I've been harboring this frustration with this person. I actually said these words to my wife yesterday. I said, in the last 10 years, this person has frustrated me more than anyone else. Like there was just, and there was like this frustration and I heard the anger in my voice. And so I'm reviewing the sermon this morning and I had to come to grips with this, that this person, if this person even knows my name, this is how crazy this is. This person maybe not even know my name or my face if they saw me today, but I'm carrying around stuff that I can bring up and tell you the, the, the frustration. And it's, it's, it eats at me when I think of it. And I finally had to say, I said, this was my prayer this morning. Um, God, I want to forgive this person. And I am willing to commit that when I think about this and I get angry next time, when I think about this person, I'm going to pray for the person and I'm going to try to keep on staying in a place of forgiveness with this person. But do you see how that unforgiveness only hurts me and those around me? It doesn't hurt the other person, the person that did, that I perceive, did wrong to me, they're not hurting. But when I carry around unforgiveness in my life, I hurt. And the person's unforgiveness in the story cost him. It didn't cost him. It didn't cost the one that was not forgiven the debt, but it cost him and his actions of unforgiveness came back to bite him. You see, when we don't forgive, we miss out on enjoying what we have been forgiven of. So I want to read again my original statement today. And hopefully it makes a little bit more sense now. Unforgiveness is literally spiritual constipation. Maybe even worse, unforgiveness is spiritually an impacted bowel that stops all movement and creates pain beyond measure for the one who will not forgive. If left untreated, it will cause spiritual death. If we truly receive grace, then we offer it freely. If we don't give grace, then we do not get to keep grace. Let's pray together. Father, speak to us this morning. Let us hear and see what we need to hear and see. There's so much and so many people that we encounter so many people that we perceive to have hurt us. And there are people out there that have validly hurt us and caused us pain. Father, you don't want to see us be weighed down by unforgiving hearts. 
show us and lead us and guide us and direct us so we can hear what we need to hear and act on your word in ways that are in line with your heart, in line with you wanting to give us life and life to the full. Convict us, challenge us, call us out, bring us comfort in all the ways you need to through the work of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for watching. Sorry we got started a little sideways. That is, that's how we get better. That's how we, we take time to learn from, from what we've been given and we change. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for being with us and worshiping with us this morning. Hope you have a wonderful week.